Welcome to the Summit Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit summitsanmarcos.com. We had 149 students that just came through, all our same age, your same age, um, and they went to, they're on 15 outreach teams, they went all over the world, almost every time zone, all these nations, it was crazy. God did so many amazing things. Um, God is moving around the earth, like, radically, like, um, we just get reports constantly, like, being in a YWAM staff meeting is so fun, because you hear reports from different parts of the world of God doing crazy things, and you're just like, wow, like, Man, the enemy has, like, absolutely, like, nothing on God. Like, God is moving powerfully. Muslims are seeing, like, dreams and visions of Jesus, a man in white coming to him. Like, we hear that testimony constantly. We're just like, what? It keeps happening? Like, more and more people are, like, saying they wake up with dreams of a man in white, like, coming to him and saying to follow him. And they're Muslims, like, in the Middle East. Like, it's just crazy. God is doing so much. Um, It's been amazing. So my wife and I get to be a part of it and, um, and lead it and, and lead a school out there. And it's really fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, just real quick, just to show you guys a little bit more about our family. I just thought we'd want to show a couple pictures. David, can you pull those up? Um, oh, that's really tiny. Uh, that's me. And then that's my wife, Melissa, right after we had our son Everest, who was born December 22nd. And then that's our daughter, Anaya. Uh, can you go to the next one? There's us just a couple days ago. Our son, Everest, is the cutest. Um, our daughter is pretty radically cute, too. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to say it. It's so obvious. Um, let's go to the next one. There's my... That was my daughter on Easter. <laughs> she's two and a half, and she's cooler than, like, anybody. Like, I don't know how she does it. She's so cool. Go to the next one. There's my uh, son again. Go to the next one. There's me in here. <laughs> I just screenshot my wife's Instagram. If anyone wants to check it out, it's uh, my wife is an awesome photographer and she takes amazing pictures, and uh, that was one of them. So anyway, uh, there's my daughter with some of her little friends at the beach in Hawaii. Uh, she's the one in the front on the boogie board, being really cute and funny. And then you can go to the next one. That's one of our schools. It's not actually this last school. It's the school before. Um, this is what one of our DTSs look like. Um, we have people come from all over the world to come and do discipleship training school, DTS, with us. And uh, then we train them up for three months, and then we send them out to the nations for three months. And it's life-changing. It's super amazing. Uh, God encountered me when I did my DTS and changed my life forever. Uh, it's when I met my wife, and it was awesome. So... If anyone wants to go to Hawaii and have an awesome reason to do it, going to YWAM there is a really cool thing to do and really fun. And, uh, yeah, let me know if you want any more information. I'm sure Brianna can give some, too. Uh, but it's really fun. Um, okay, well, I just want to show you guys th- some of those. I just thought it would be kind of cool to see my family a little bit. Uh, they're all at home right now. My wife's putting the kids down. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, this was really cool. It was really awesome. Uh, Taylor invited me to come, and I've never been to Crux, so it was really like neat to finally see it because Taylor's talked so much about it and been here forever, and, and it's really neat. Um, but yeah, we already encountered God a ton <laughs> like earlier tonight, which is amazing through the worship. Um, and so I kind of just want to go quickly through what I felt like I was going to say and then jump into a little more response time and ministry time because... Um, I'm like a super practical guy. Like I'm all about the response part and the ministry part. Like 
We've all heard a million sermons, and we just need more raw God in our life. We don't really. We, there's a million podcasts online if you want to download them. You don't need tons of sermons, but I just feel like encountering the living God is why we come. And the, and the really thing, the, the thing that marks us, you're not going to remember anything I really say. You're going to remember God touching you before you leave. So I want to get to that as fast as I can before uh, we have to end. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I'm just going to be super real with you guys. Like, um, I don't know where all of you are at. I, I know this is like the college group of Summit Church, but I don't know too much else. Um, in YWAM, we're just really like nitty gritty, and we just like go for like God, like raw God, and that's all we want all the time. And so um, I just, yeah, I, I hope that, um, yeah, with whatever I say, I just hope that God can really encounter you guys and just really move and, and that we can just have a really awesome time and ending. And, um, yeah, you guys are, God is just going to use you so powerfully. I just feel like this group is so awesome. Like tonight, it was so cool. Like the Spirit of God came so powerfully. It just seems like everyone in this room is like so wanting Jesus. And when there's that hunger, like that's when he can move and heal people and do crazy things. When the faith in the room is like gone up, it's it's amazing. So anyway, okay. Um, I'm just going to start. Uh, basically, I just prayed for you guys, and it was kind of crazy. I was trying to figure out what to talk about, what to do, and, and different things, and I just felt like um, when I prayed, I asked the Lord, like, hey, Jesus, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? And I got this, like, weird anxiety when I was doing that, and which is not super normal for me. Like, I used to be an anxious person all the time, and then, like, God just freed me in, like, all the broken areas of my life, and now I'm not really anxious anymore. Praise Jesus. Um, I can't drink coffee, though. That's the one thing I can't do. It still makes me anxious. I don't know why. My wife thinks it's all in my head, but it's biological. It's real. I don't know why. I get anxious when I drink it. Uh, I've met, like, two other people on earth that say the same thing, that they can drink like a monster, and they're fine, but not coffee. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't get it. But um, I'm not anxious unless I drink a little bit of coffee. So when I am anxious, I recognize it. And I'm like, hey, this is weird. Why am I feeling like that and when I asked the Lord why I was feeling like that I just felt like he was saying that there was some um, of us or you guys in the room that had anxiety about certain things in certain situations in your life that God really wanted to speak into because I don't think we were meant to live anxiously (laughs) like anxiety is like the worst thing ever I don't know about you but I just hate feeling at night trying to go to bed and you're just anxious about something or worrying about something or just like upset about something like to me it's just the worst. So I just felt like God said that there was three areas that maybe there was anxiety from some of whoever was going to be here. Um, and, and he wanted to bring peace into that and bring his word and really encounter you in those things. So um, I'm just going to jump into them and basically say the areas. And I just felt like there was like maybe uh, I wanted to define the areas for us, for you guys, and then share some truth kind of about each maybe lie or fear that like are is maybe generating the anxiety and then at the end do some ministry for each one and just like let all of us really count on the lord in certain ways for them so that we can walk out of this door not anxious anymore um in any way so so that's what i was going to do um so um yeah the first thing i felt like was just that maybe and it was funny that taylor and david sort of touched on this with the tithe and giving part just that we're all in need of finances, and I felt like maybe there was people in the room that just had an anxiety um, about their financial situation or their finances, and that there was maybe like a fear of lack or just like a, a what we would maybe call a poverty mentality of just like 
you feel like you're always in lack or always not going to have enough or always, uh, you know, I, I yeah, um, I felt like uh, that there was just maybe some people in the room feeling that way. Um, some symptoms of like a poverty mentality or like a fear of lack or any of that are, there's a couple of different things that can come up when like we're operating that way or operating in that spirit. And um, uh, I like to share these kinds of things because it can kind of help you a little bit, like tick the box and be like, oh yeah, I do think that, or I do feel that way. And oh yeah, I do that. I, oh yeah, I've said that before. And then you can kind of be like, wow, maybe I do have a poverty mentality. <laughs> I've totally been like that where someone said something, I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't struggle with that. And then they named like five symptoms of that or, or ways of things that come in. I'm like, oh, dang, I was all five of those. <laughs> Bad. I do have that. Um, so, uh, again, for me being kind of like a practical person, I like hearing those are like the things that cause that and like how to uh, make them go away with Jesus. So... So I think um, a fear of lack or like a poverty mentality, like some of the things that can come up in your life, um, what, number one can be a hesitancy to give or be generous. Um, another one can be a hesitancy to take risks in life because you're afraid you will always lose everything if you take a risk. Um, you cringe or maybe get anxious when you look at your bank account, like you log on to your online banking. You're just like, oh, man. Why am I even logging on to this right now? I was so happy, and then I just... I don't even know. Close that app. Um, you, uh, you have a hard time being happy for others when they get nice things or have nice things. Uh, bitter at God for not providing in the past for different things. Um, unable to say thank you to God or others when you get gifts. Um, worry, worry every time holidays are coming around because you know you're going to have to buy presents for people. Uh, control or micromanaging sometimes you have trouble maybe asking for help or like delegating things or asking people around you to to help you with different things Um, I think these are all can be kind of symptoms of like a fear of lack or like a poverty mentality in in your life Um, and I think some truth to come against that number one is that your son or daughter of the living God and like he you know, is the king, and he can lavish you and does lavish you with his love, and um, and that he can provide all of your needs. Um, I think uh, you you can be rich and still have a poverty mentality. Just because you have a fear of lack or poverty mentality doesn't mean you're necessarily poor. Um, there's rich people that still operate that way and still constantly think they don't have enough. I think the only difference is really um, a posture towards God and just that and how you look to him and have faith in him for what um, he's going to provide and what he's going to do in your life. Um, yeah, I, we, my wife and I, we, um, we live, we're YWAMers, we're missionaries, we live completely on support. And so what that means is we rely on the church and other people to literally donate to us to buy groceries and pay our rent and pay our cell phone bill and all that stuff. And it can be really scary at times because it's not a set paycheck. Everyone in YWAM, no one gets paid in YWAM. Everyone is fully living on support and volunteer. And that's one of the reasons it's incredible that it's grown so big and it's so huge and there's so many YWAMers in because God is providing for missionaries to go across the earth because that's what he said was going to happen and what he was going to do. Um, but the reason I want to say that that we live on support is to give you a little bit of faith. We have been in missions now almost 10 years. This is our ninth year in missions. We went to DTS 
in Hawaii in 2008. That was when we first jumped into YWAM. And since that point, we have never once, when we, my wife and I were dating and then now married, we've been married five years, um, we've never once uh, missed a payment on any bill. We've never once um, not had money for rent or um, not had money to come here and visit family. Um, we've always had the things that we need, sometimes even the beautiful things that we want, like an iPhone, uh, that really make your life awesome. <laughs> um, not, that was just a little exaggeration. Jesus makes your life awesome, but I just love iPhones. They're so amazing. I don't know. I don't know how Paul and Peter in the Bible were so successful. They did. They didn't even have iPhones. Like. <laughs> How could they do anything? Like, I don't understand. Like, man, it just challenges me so much. When I see they wrote so many books of the Bible, and they didn't even have technology. And, like, I have an iPhone, and, like, I struggle with some things. It's just like, man. Anyway, iPhone makes uh, things better. Um, all that to say, I'm living on support of others, but I'm not, like, a poor missionary. Like, I, I live in Hawaii. Like, God has provided for my life. <laughs> so all that to say, guys, is if he can provide for me for the last nine years and every single bill, I've, I, seriously, I've never missed a payment one time. I'm, we're usually like early in all of that. Like God can provide. I think the only thing that's changed or that's um, that the, the main thing that we really had to learn is to live by faith and not by sight and that God radically provides for us when we're walking in obedience with him when we're believing his word and believing he's going to do what he says he's going to do um and i and then another main thing i think that is key to all of this is um when when you have a poverty mentality or you're living the fear of lack it, it the the kind of gut reaction the main thing you want to do right away is to save and withhold from anyone you want to save every penny you don't want to give any presents you're always the guy like at you know whatever denny's and you're like i just got to get water i can't even get the two dollar pancakes like i know it's lame i know i know it's like my 10th time being here the guys and i'm always getting water i just can't afford the two dollar pancakes uh i promise the king of heaven can provide the two dollar pancakes for you at denny's um he has all of it um but what I want to tell you guys is the thing Melissa and I have learned, my wife's name is Melissa, the thing that we've learned is that to maintain a, a, a healthy faith that God will provide, we have to have a healthy habit of giving and generosity. Um, I was one time just praying and asking the Lord, like, you know, sometimes people are, like, in missions can be weird. They're like, think if they're missionaries, they don't have to tithe to things or the church. And it's like, that's the stupidest thing ever. We all have to tithe. We all have to give to the church. And so finally, when we got married, I was like, hey, God, what do we need to tithe to? What do we need to give to? And I was like, thinking about what our income is. And then I was like, you know, timesing it by 10% on my iPhone. I'm like, okay, well, 10% is this amount. Then I'm going to give this amount. So who should I? And I just was praying, asking the Lord, like, God, okay, how much am I supposed to give to these things or whatever? And I just felt like God was saying, he just like, it was just this thing popped in my heart. And he just said, why would you let your income determine your giving when you could let your giving determine your income? And I was just like, whoo, dang. Why would you let your income determine your giving when you could let your giving determine your income? I felt that in that second. And in that, right then I was challenged by God to give outside of our means, to give our way out of lack. Because if, if, we, if you really believe what the Bible says is true, then what, what it says is that when you give, God multiplies it, right? It is times 10, you know, 50, 100 fold. 
And if you really believe you can't outgive God, then why would you not be generous when you are needing money or needing God to show up and provide? It's actually, it's the, king, it's the upside down kingdom, guys. Jesus is like the upside down kingdom. Like it doesn't make sense on earth. Um, but generosity is, I believe, it's like a law of gravity. Where it's like you drop something, it's going to fall on the floor, right? Well, if I give something away, it's going to be multiplied and come back to me. Because that's what the Bible says. That's how God says. And that's how I've been living for nine years, and it's working. <laughs> um, and that's how, like, a lot of missionaries live. That's how, like, a lot of people live. So, guys, I just want to encourage you that if you are have that fear of lack or anything, you need to give your way out of it. That's the strategy. The lie of the enemy would be to save every penny, to not let anybody in, to not go to Christmas parties because you can't afford the gifts. That's the lie of the enemy. God says the other is, is completely opposite. You got to give your way out of it. And then the other thing that when I when I when we started giving like that, I was challenged by God to actually give outside of our means. So basically, we start giving I don't know fifteen ish, eighteen percent of our income. And I was like, Hey, God, well, you know. If, if I can let my giving determine my income, I'm going to give more. My income is going to hopefully go up. And I did that, and it totally did. And it was crazy. Yeah. And the more I gave outside the 10%, you know, the Bible says or whatever, it can be anything. But the 10% is what God kind of says is his. We were giving outside of that, and our income started to increase because we are actually giving more than God asks for, requires. We are actually ge- – that's being generous. And so I believe, you know, if you want to make 50000 a year, give like you're making 50000 a year. Yeah. If you want to make 100000 a year when you have a family, give like you're making 100000 a year. And that will, God will supernaturally increase those things, okay? That's not get rich quick or anything. I just think it's straight truth, and it's the kingdom of God for us to be generous to those around us, okay? So that was one of the things I just felt like maybe there was anxiety with or like a fear of lack, just a poverty mentality of maybe anyone in the room with that. Um, and I've been there, guys, like all these things, like I've had to walk through in my own life. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the next thing I felt like, and, and this is kind of a funny one. I think this always, this is just something that like sometimes in our generation, you know, our age group kind of struggles with, but it's the fear of missing out or FOMO. FOMO, man, it'll get you so bad. You don't want FOMO, okay? Um, Honestly, I don't know if any of you are kind of feeling like, oh, dang, like, ah, oh, fear of missing out, dang. Um, so here's some symptoms of the fear of missing out, okay? Number one, maybe you have a struggle to commit to things, whether that's in, uh, in school, career, ministry, people, relationships. Uh, struggle with time management and organizing your life schedule. Struggle being productive and accomplish tasks and reach goals. Uh, I think when you have a fear of missing out, priorities can go out of order because your priority is actually to be where the crowd is and not necessarily where you need to be or doing what you need to do. And so it can be hard for you maybe to accomplish things or finish goals or show up on time and manage your time well. Um, These can just be like manifestations in our life of this kind of thing, this kind of like way of thinking. Um, it can be maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you just overcommit to things constantly. You're constantly double booking yourself. You're feeling the need to always say yes to every invite, uh, and that would lead to you feeling anxious or overwhelmed because you're always in this constant like fear of missing out. You're constantly trying to figure out like how to be with everyone at uh, every every day, every second, and you can't. Um, 
Slowing down or being still it maybe feels awkward or uncomfortable to you. Um, you know, maybe if it's if it's quiet in a room or something, like you you actually feel awkward, and so you have to go to your phone and Facebook so that you feel comfortable again because you're you're like back in the world and you're like not missing out. Um, those can just be symptoms of that thing, okay? Um, and uh, I, you know, I've totally been there. We've all totally been there. Like it's it's a real thing. But um, again, I just feel like there's maybe anxiety that was coming because there's maybe some in the room that specifically are feeling that. Um, so some of the truth that needs to come like against that fear of missing out or the FOMO um, is just that uh, it's, it's almost like at the core is an identity thing where you're not actually content with who God made you to be or what wow. he's leading you to do or what he's spoken to you to do. And it's a form of disobedience, really. It's like a way of, you know, kind of like, you're, you're, you keep moving and doing things and maybe it can be like, you know, doing, it can feel like you're doing things for God, but you're actually neglecting time with him. You're neglecting the priorities, the things he said to you. You're neglecting like, you know, uh, calling your grandma on Sunday and praying for her because she has cancer because you want to go to Denny's and be with everyone because they all asked you to. And you're neglecting maybe things in your life you're supposed to be doing. Um, but uh, it can be because you're not content with maybe who God made you to be. Um, because if you were content, then you wouldn't always wonder if you made the wrong choice when you say no to one thing and yes to another. You wouldn't wonder if you're in the right place at the right time. You wouldn't wonder if, you know, you wouldn't have this fear of like saying yes or committing to something and then feeling like, like you're stuck because someone else might invite you to do something better. If you're that person that kind of like always like leaves your options open on Saturday and you're just like kind of saying yes to people and you're just kind of waiting to like the moment it, you have to be there and then because you're, you're worried if you say yes to this guy, this person who wants to go to the movies or something, you're maybe afraid that someone else is going to like want to go to Disneyland and you're like, well, if I say yes to movies, I can't go to Disneyland. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to miss out on Disneyland if I say yes to the movies, but if I don't go to the movies, I'm going to be home alone on my phone on Saturday. I don't know what to do. And then you're stuck. So you, <laughs> if you have a fear of that and you're always leaving your options open, that's, a, that's some FOMO. That's some fear of missing out, okay? I think what you really need, and, and this is like a deeper thing, and, but something I want to pray into is you really need God to just solidify your identity and who you are because when you know who you are in God, then you're confident in what he's called you to do and where you need to be and what you're doing. And you know that you can say no to Disneyland to call your grandma because you're okay missing Disneyland because God's called you to do this thing for your grandma and to be there and you're a son and daughter of God and you don't need Disneyland to feel awesome. You have Jesus to feel awesome. Um, is that making sense? Yeah, I know that's kind of like a ethereal out there. I'm trying to like quickly like come up with some examples that I didn't write down. But um, yeah, if you're, if you're leaving your options open, all that, that's some FOMO. Like that's, you need to, to feel, that's what we always say in Wyoming. We always talk about that. Um, you it, maybe it's that you're you know uh, going to college because everyone said to do it or your parents said to do it or all your friends did it but you know you're supposed to be working here or doing this job or maybe you're supposed to be on the mission field or maybe you're supposed to be it's the opposite too I've totally seen the opposite where sometimes there's YWAMers that just stay in missions just because they just want to fit in and they don't go to school or don't get that job or don't serve you know in the workforce in the nations when they're supposed to and that's actually what God's called them to. Um, 
So it can be either one. I, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, we got to be content in what God's called us to do and know his voice and be okay if we're not necessarily with the crowd all the time. <laughs> and that Jesus is, we're, we're living, you know, for the one, right? For Jesus, he is the one. It's live for an audience of one, right? We've all heard that. Um, okay, so that was kind of some truth with that and the symptoms with that. I'm going to keep going, trying to go quick here. Um, uh, okay, the next thing I felt, guys, and this is this is kind of a big one. This one is like come at me a couple times with things, and just like, yeah, it can be huge. It's a fear of the unknown in your future, specifically, or a fear fear of your future and and not understanding or not knowing where you're going, and that daily bringing anxiety in your life because you're just like. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just feel anxious all the time. Now, here's the thing. We can't know everything, right? We can't necessarily know every detail. And I don't think, you know, the the life with Jesus, life with God, is actually going to take you to a place where you probably don't know as much as you want to know. Um, and that's just kind of the Christian life. It's walking by faith and not by sight and just living with Jesus. He doesn't always, you know give you the timeline of your whole life and you just walk it like a nice little straight road. It's usually not like that at all. Um, But when you're living closely with him, the fear of the future can go away because you know he's a good father and he's only going to lead you where you're supposed to go and do what you're supposed to do. And as long as you're staying within earshot of him and following his voice, you're going to be in the right place at the right time. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. You're going to get the job you're supposed to get. You're going to, you know, do all the right, do all the things you want to do in your life. For me, I, um, I had some dreams and stuff I wanted to do, but God finally brought me to a place where it was like, he, he literally said to me that I would only ever know six months in advance what I was going to be doing with my life for a couple of years. And I was just, to me, that was like ridiculous. I was just like... I have like my three, five year, you know, my plan. Like I have a crazy plan. Like I'm going to do this college. I'm going to go to this job. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to live around this area. Like I was, I'm like the, my wife and I are both like organizers, planners, like to the max. Like we want to plan everything. Um, Some people don't want to find out the gender of their baby until it's born. We are not those people. We are like (laughs) the second, the ultrasound can show you what it is. We're in there and we're finding out so we can plan. Um, (laughs) That's totally us. Uh, We like do not like to not know things. So for me, it was a challenge when God was like, you're not going to know uh, any farther ahead than six months in advance of your life for the next couple of years. It was a season of my life. Now it's different. Now I'm maybe like a year or two down the road I can foresee, you know, and pretty much plan out. Um, but not really more than that. But for a season, it was six months. And literally, the way it was is one month would go by, and then I would know another month where I was going to be. And then another one would go by, and I'd know the next month. And it was like only six months, though, I would know. I would never know outside of that. And I, I felt like God even said I wasn't even allowed to, like, think about, dream of, pray uh, past six months forward in my life. And it was just crazy. And what it led me to do is actually follow God so closely because I had to constantly ask him what I was supposed to do next because I didn't have a plan. Jesus was my plan. That was it. There was no, like, college plan. There was no career plan. There was nothing. I just knew Jesus is leading me, and he's, go- he's, he's going to lead me through this. What I learned with that two guys that was so, like, mind-blowing to me, and, and this doesn't have to be for all of you, okay? I'm not necessarily saying, you know, now cut off, you know, whatever you think is six months ahead or whatever, and just, like, only a little of that. Don't, don't, I don't know what happened there. Don't, uh, 
don't feel like that has to be you, okay? That was just me. God will reveal, you know, things differently to everyone. But one thing I realized with that is that with God only speaking to me six months in advance and me knowing only that far ahead, it actually helped me not screw things up. Because sometimes if I had the five-year plan, I would make certain decisions or choices based on my five-year plan and not the Lord's. And sometimes God, like with Jesus, sometimes things change. Like sometimes I think one thing is going to happen and God in his sovereignty and his supernatural power comes in and is like, Josh, you're amazing. I really love you, but you were wrong. Like that's not, I'm sorry, but you're actually going over here and doing this. Sorry. And if I hadn't actually given the freedom to plan my life to Jesus, I wouldn't have allowed him in in those areas. And I would have kept going in the thing that was not actually supposed to go in. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying in all of this is that you need to trust Jesus with your future. Um, some of the symptoms, more practically, I'm just going to read my thing here that it says, um, if you have a fear of the future, fear of the unknown, uh, you might, some symptoms might be that you're concerned with title or roles or positions, maybe. It could be at church or in a job because you're afraid you'll always get, you, you don't know if you're going to get demoted or promoted. And so you're, you're clinging to a title that you have because you're afraid of your future and what might happen. Um, constant anxiety or, or a sense of being overwhelmed when thinking about the future or talking with other people about plans in the future. Um, unable to make decisions about where to go, what to do next, like every day. Because you might not know, like, oh, I need to do this. I don't know if I should do that. Like, how am I going to get to this thing I want? I don't know. I'm just like, I don't even know if I want that. Um, those can be like symptoms. Um, let's see. Um, this is kind of a big one here. But um, afraid that anything you try to do, you will fail at. Um, a lack of self-confidence and self-worth <laughs> drives you to always be in last place, never dreaming about or making a good life, never dreaming about making a good life for yourself or being able to push yourself because you're always afraid of the future and you don't actually know what's going to happen. And so for, it may be really hard for you to dream. If it, <laughs> it shouldn't, with Jesus, we should be, like Christians should be the craziest dreamers ever <laughs> because we follow a God who's completely infinite. <laughs> There's nothing impossible in the Christian yeah. life if you're following Jesus and if you believe He is who He says He is. Wow. Um, so you shouldn't be afraid of your future because God is leading you and guiding you and He's created you for a plan and a purpose. Um, you know, we all know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It just says like He's 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 created a future for you to prosper to do amazing things and. He, you know, he's put you on this earth for a reason. You don't need to be afraid of, you know, what's going to happen five years from now. Because Jesus is still going to be there five years from now. Uh, and he's leading you and, and, and is going to guide you in that. Um, so that's just some truth. Um, kind of just flying through here. Uh, let's see. Okay, a, a little bit of some more truth with that, with, with being afraid of your future and stuff like that. I think one way to um, kind of get out of that is serving people around you, uh, serving the nations in missions. Um, when you leave, like let's say you go on a mission trip today and you leave America and you go to, you know, wherever, France, uh, and you're working with refugees there. 
Um, and they're telling you they keep seeing the man in white coming to them. You're like, why did I even come here? Jesus is showing up in your dreams. I didn't even need to be here. Um, <laughs> um, you're in France. God, it's wild, guys. And I don't know, maybe there's some of you who haven't left the country before or been on a mission trip, and that's totally okay. But there's often, oftentimes when you leave your current situation or your current location, God can actually speak to you about your situation when you're not where you normally are because you can see things differently you're looking at your situation from france and you're actually gaining a completely different perspective and um so the lie is when you have a fear of your future the lie is to stay put because you don't know what's going to happen what you should do or where you're going to go but the truth is that you actually need to be serving people around you and go wherever God leads you. And that's going to give you perspective on your future that you need or the perspective of Jesus that you're lacking or the perspective on your situation or your circumstance or the thing that is like, you know, giving you the anxiety. <laughs> that, that thing, like, that is, um, that's one way to do it. My wife and I, we actually took our family, uh, we took our daughter and uh, Melissa and I to Mexico for a month a couple years ago. And the reason was, was because when my wife had Anaya, our first daughter, she actually uh, postpartum hemorrhaged, which means she bled after she was born. It was really wild. She almost died. Um, she had to have double blood transfusion. It was emergency surgery, like all of it. It was crazy. Um, and that led to postpartum depression and like all these other things, which is fairly normal anyway for pregnancy. But when you hemorrhage and your body's trying to recover, it, it's even worse. And I, we sent outreach teams from our DTS to Mexico, and I went and visited them. And it was the wildest thing. I, I was visiting them, and I just felt like God said, you need to bring your family here. And I was just like, God, this is insane. Like, like just surviving with one kid and, you know, Melissa, who's struggling with this postpartum depression and recovering, you know, like going to Mexico is like the craziest idea. I went home, and I was like, Melissa, I think we're supposed to take our family to Mexico, and I think that's going to help. And she just was like, okay, like, I just trust what God's speaking, and so we went, and for a month, we served the people there, and it transformed our family, and it transformed Melissa's view of everything that had happened in that, in that hemorrhage, all the disappointment, all the fear, you know, all of the, you know, the pain and everything that kind of came with that, the pain of, you know, not being the mom she wanted to be, and like, all these things, when she was serving those people who had a way worse, they were in a way worse situation than we ever were, you know, a way, a way worse circumstance, way worse situation. When we were serving them, there was something that transformed her mind and our mind as a family and brought freedom. When you serve other people, it really walks you out of depression. Like if you are depressed or anxious, you just need to turn around and serve somebody because it's going to break through there it's the upside down kingdom right what you're thinking when you're depressed that you just need to like introspect a little bit harder and you just need to like get a couple more prophetic words like to walk you out of it and you're just like you gotta lock yourself in your room for that eight hour intercession until something happens and you're not gonna eat until thanksgiving because you're gonna force god to say something so you're gonna fast everything for 90 days and you're just gonna keep going yeah it's not even possible um sometimes that can be our mindset that we have to force god to do something crazy and all we got to do actually is drive 30 miles 50 miles down the border you know to the border and serve the people around us or even in this church just start serving here 
There's people in this church that need to be served. There's probably people in this room that just need some love and just need someone to serve them and bring them a Starbucks or something. Like, I promise you'll feel way better about the $10 Starbucks when you give it away than when you buy it for yourself. Um, <laughs> because you've been generous then and, and you're doing something. But what I'm saying is if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with depression and you're worrying about your future, you just need to get down and start serving people. You need to go on a missions trip. You need to... Go to the nations. Do something for God. And that will actually give you perspective on your situation, on your future. And God will be able to break through and do something really awesome. Um, Okay, so that was kind of what I wanted to share. And then I wanted to now move into a time of like us praying into those things. Like I don't want anyone in the room who feels like, you know, that that thing really hits you without like God ministering to it. Because I don't know, no one should be anxious in this room about any of those things, because God is a bigger God than any situation that anyone's dealing with in here. Um, so, <laughs> uh, like I said, why when we get nitty-gritty, it gets wild, and, and so uh, I know you guys might not necessarily know all of each other in this room, but um, I want us to just be really open and bold and just, like, able for God to, like, to break in and bring freedom, okay, and, and just yeah. do stuff. Um, can we get maybe the worship guys? Do you guys want to come up and maybe you just play in the back while we pray and stuff? Um, are you guys feeling okay? Yeah. That was probably really, I know that was really fast. Hopefully I brought it all together. Um, so here's what we want to do. Let's clear out the chairs, okay? Let's put them on the side. Thank you for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsandmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.